Mother Earth is psychedelic. Her body is covered with psychoactive, sacred medicine. Can psychedelics help us become more conscious and loving parents, partners, lovers, and leaders? Welcome to the Psychedelic Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Carlin, the Psychedelic Mom, a mother and entrepreneur partnering with Mother Earth's sacred plant medicines to heal, awaken, and learn to live in alignment to my truth. Psychedelic literally means soul revealing. What reveals the soul to oneself is psychedelic. I invite you to join me in deep conversations with leaders, healers, seekers, and other parents. I will share my journey, the wisdom, practices, medicines, and mistakes that have changed my life, and personal stories of others on this wild path. We are the medicine needed to birth the more beautiful world we know is possible. Welcome to this episode of the Psychedelic Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Carlin, and we're going to take a journey today into magic mushrooms. Believe it or not, magic mushrooms are the psychedelic that I get the most questions about, as well as the most feedback about the things that people are experiencing and the benefits they have. But a lot of questions come in about their safety, about where they're legal, about what they're doing in the brain. So I thought today I would answer your questions about magic mushrooms. And before we begin, I want to say that the Psychedelic Mom podcast is for entertainment use only. Believe it or not, I'm not a doctor, and this is not medical advice or recommendation. And also due to the widespread illegality of psychedelics, including magic mushrooms, as well as the complexity of these medicines, this is not an endorsement of use. If you are going to use any psychedelic, make sure that you do it where it's legal. Make sure that the set and setting is good and that you've talked to your doctor about it and that it's a medicine that makes sense for you at this time in your life. So magic mushrooms, this fantastic fungi. Magic mushrooms have psilocybin in them and psilocybin is the chemical that creates the hallucinogenic effects that psilocybin brings on. It is believed that psilocybin mushrooms have the capacity to build new neural networks in the brain. So that means that our thinking patterns and our way of being that become habitual, magic mushrooms have the capacity to go in and change that. Michael Pollan in his book, How to Change Your Mind, explained it like this. If you've ever been cross-country skiing, you notice like the grooves that are created in the snow, that it's hard to get out of those grooves after a while once that trail has been made. When new snow suddenly comes down, that it's easy to switch course and to move around in different directions, that this is the same that happens in our brain. Scientists believe that we think 60,000 thoughts a day. I'm not sure how they counted that, but they also say that out of those 60,000 thoughts, this is disturbing, 80 to 90% are the same thoughts that we had yesterday. So we think very habitually. 50% of those thoughts at minimum are negative thoughts. So if we really do want to change, we want to change our lives, we know that it starts with our thoughts. Psychedelics tend to be one of the ways that people are looking to change their minds and change their behaviors in life. Let's start with 
are psilocybin mushrooms safe? Well, in looking at this question, what I did is I looked at the British study that studied a hundred of the top most often used recreational drugs. And what they did is they divided looking at the safety of it in two categories, the harm to the individual taking the medicine and harm to society and family around them. At the top of that list, as one of the most harmful medicines was alcohol. On the bottom of the list was psilocybin mushrooms. Second on that list was heroin. So psilocybin mushrooms was at the bottom. And to define what they were looking at even more, when they were looking at the harm to one's self, they're looking at addictive quality of the medicine, how it affects the person's biology, what is it doing to the organs and the brain, how does it affect the person physiologically and psychologically. And then when it was looking at how it affected not the individual who consumed the medicine, but those around them, it was looking at, did they commit a crime? Did this person end up in jail? Did they end up at a hospital? What was the loss of tangibles? Did they lose their car? Did they lose their home? What was the relational losses? Did they lose their marriage? How did it affect family members? So when you look at psilocybin mushrooms, it showed no effects outside of the individual that caused any harm. The individual harm was really minor. Part of the other things that I looked at is how often when someone takes a psychedelic drug or one of these recreational drugs, do they end up in a hospital, um, in an emergency room? And for psilocybin mushrooms, it was 0.2% of the time. And usually that had to do with some other medicine that might have been taken or set in setting and something happened while someone was on that medicine. So for the most part, psilocybin mushrooms are very safe. That being said, I want to highlight two things. That if you're someone with a heart condition, that you really do want to check with your doctor. When you take any psychedelic, including psilocybin, you can have your heart rate go up and your blood pressure. So you want to kind of check with your doctor on that. There's also something called serotonin syndrome. To learn more about serotonin syndrome, check out my episode with Dr. Ben Malcolm, who's a pharmacist in the psychedelic space. He's known as the spirit pharmacist. And he looks at contraindications and what is happening with the combining of different medicines. And he's really an expert in this space. Serotonin syndrome is when people take two serotonergic drugs together. So that would be like taking psilocybin with another medicine that affects the serotonin receptors. So is psilocybin safe? Yes, it is ranked as one of the safest recreational drugs. There are these small things that you can do to make sure that you're even safer, including set and setting. Also, if you're someone who has psychosis or experiences mania, might not also be safe for you to take psychedelic drugs. Question number two, how long has this drug been taken and what is the history? I'm not going to dive too deeply in here, but basically what we do know is that psilocybin mushrooms have been used ceremonially for thousands of years. They were used in Mesoamericas. And also there's evidence that they were in cave drawings as many years ago as 9,000 years. Some believe that there's also Egyptian art that shows mushrooms and the importance and the way that they were depicted, that there was some enlightening aspect to the mushroom. There's also the 
stone ape theory, which was suggested by Terence McKenna. And this theory is that psilocybin mushrooms were actually one of the reasons why humans became more conscious beings, that we went from the apes and to pre-human species into a more evolved human species by psilocybin mushrooms. So why would someone use a magic mushroom? Number one, let's first destigmatize fun. A lot of people think that psilocybin mushrooms are actually fun, that they take them with another person and they go hiking in smaller doses where it's safe, or they have an experience together with a group and there's a lot of laughter and joy and dancing. So one reason is for recreational use. They're also used for ceremonial use. Many cultures believe that magic mushrooms, also known as little ninos in Mexico, which means little saint, that they connect us to realms beyond our conscious mind, that they have the capacity to connect us to a wisdom that is outside of ourselves in a realm that is maybe a cosmic God realm. Lately, psilocybin mushrooms have been used for therapeutic usage. So the use of psilocybin mushrooms for um, helping people with addiction, depression, treatment-resistant depression, PTSD, and um, healing trauma. So these are some of the reasons why someone would use a psychedelic mushroom. Deeper connection with another, heightened creativity, get a deeper understanding of themselves and their emotions and maybe a hidden memory. Basically, psychedelic mushrooms would have the capacity to shine the light and illuminate aspects of yourself that your conscious mind does not have access to. So a lot of times psychedelics are called amplifiers. So what they're doing is they're amplifying what's already there in our minds, whether that's our subconscious, our superconscious, and in our conscious minds. So if you think of a flashlight that's shining a light on an emotion that's there, a hidden memory that your conscious mind doesn't have access to. If you have an experience on a journey, you might also feel some physical pain. You might notice some muscle tightening or loosening, actually. You could have both. But where the tightening is happening, it might be like a stored memory, a stored emotion, giving you the opportunity to move those emotions. They can be very cathartic. People will take a psilocybin mushroom and say they just let out years of grief, joy, so they can have so many capacities to amplify emotions, feelings, memories, sensations in the body. So also people use psilocybin mushrooms as a means of self-reflection and growth. Some people believe that earth medicines and psychedelics are one of the greatest tools that we have for deeper understanding of who we are. So they amplify the aspects of ourselves that need to be looked at and changed, like addictive patterns, whether that's an alcohol use or other drug use or just addictive thinking patterns like OCD, anorexia. So they're also microdosed. So when people say, what are the reasons? It would be to enhance creativity, connection to oneself and others, to have a deeper understanding of someone's subconscious superconscious material. They really also help us see things that we cannot see, how our conditioning, behaviors, society, ways of being are standing in the way of our kind of greatest expression of ourselves. Do we have a fear that's holding us back? 
Do we not even see that we were meant to be a musician or a doctor or to have some life path that for whatever reason, our inhibitions or fear or family conditioning is prohibiting us from seeing? Magic mushrooms can help us see the parts of ourselves that we are either denying, amputating, not expressing. So these are some of the reasons that people take psilocybin mushrooms, including things also like for migraines to heal traumatic brain injury. Um, More and more reasons are emerging every day as people use these medicines and more research is done. A lot of times end-of-life care, palliative care, taking a psilocybin mushroom can help people not be afraid of death anymore, to say goodbye and grieve their loved ones. So there's so many reasons why people take psilocybin mushrooms. I have certain interviews that I've done that you could look at that would help you understand people's personal journeys with psilocybin mushrooms. I interviewed Tyson Adams, who used psilocybin mushrooms to heal his porn addiction. Tara Nichols says that psilocybin mushroom, just microdosing, helped her heal anorexia, a disease that she never thought she would be out of the grips of. Jim Harris was a National Geographic photographer who was injured on assignment and became paralyzed. He says that a small use of psilocybin mushrooms fired up the back of his leg muscles that hadn't worked. Don Foreman shares her story how psilocybin mushrooms helped her realize how disconnected and disassociated she was from her child and her husband. And she's in the process of working with psilocybin mushrooms now to just, again, look at the layers of self and work to deeper relationships with her family. Stuart Adams talks about his use of psychedelics, which do include psilocybin mushrooms for deep ceremonial use, for deep understanding of alchemy and how to alchemize the shadow of oneself into, you know, the greatest expression of oneself, how to use prayer. And so psilocybin mushrooms are working on so many aspects of ourselves. They're amplifying our shadow and our light and helping us understand the yin and yang of oneself and to come to what some might call our Buddha nature, to be in deep compassion and connection, not only with ourselves, but with others. Some people will say that psilocybin mushrooms really help in their relational dynamics. Check out my interview with Antonio and Roger Venoro. They've worked with couples and really help couples in the relational dynamics of doing deep healing, and psilocybin mushrooms can assist in this work. Dosing. How much psilocybin mushrooms do you take? First of all, let's talk about how psilocybin mushrooms are taken. They're ingested. So some people make a tea, a soup with it. If people make a tea, sometimes they use a little ginger and lemon. Some people can get upset stomachs with it. Cacao can also help with that. And some people just kind of measure it and eat it. So what is dosage? A microdose would be anywhere from 0.1 grams to about 0.5. And James Fadiman is known for coming up with the Western protocol of microdosing. Although I was listening to Paul Stamets the other day talk about microdosing is something that the cultures who forage did. They took a little piece of the mushroom as they were foraging them. So microdosing isn't necessarily a new thing. But so he came up with a protocol on microdosing. And basically his protocol is if you take, let's say, a microdose, also I want to say this, it's subperceptual. You shouldn't feel 
that you are altered. You should be able to drive, go to work. The changes are very subtle. You might feel more creative. You might have an insight. Your mood might be more stabilized, but you're not feeling altered. And basically this goes to, again, the non-addictive quality of psilocybin, because basically you can, you get a tolerance to psilocybin very quickly. So James Fadiman's protocol was if you took it on day one, you didn't take it day two, day three, and you took it on day four to basically prevent against the uh, psilocybin building up and it not working. There's other different microdosing protocols, and I think to a large degree, many people use their own intuition. But basically, a microdose, again, can help with creativity, mood, alcohol use disorder, OCD, uh, anorexia, migraines. So even at a very small dose, we're seeing experiential evidence of great benefit. Then there would be a mini to low dose, which would be basically um, 0.5 to 1 gram. And you might start to feel it here, and you might get greater access to deeper emotion, thought patterns. Some people like to do this dose and actually have a therapy session because their ego is a little bit offline, and they have more access to, when asked a question of how they feel, deeper access to that emotion or a memory that they wouldn't have had access to. I've also heard in this dosage that people feel that their bodies are much more flexible and they stretch, they feel like they can stretch more and that it has some physical benefits at this dosage. So medium to a therapeutic dose would be two grams to about four grams. And what does psychedelic therapy look like with psilocybin mushrooms? So there are two ways to do this. One would be as an individual working with one-on-one with a therapist or two-on-one, two therapist, to one participant, or in a group therapeutic setting where you are doing a mushroom journey with maybe four to five other people and more uh, support staff. So this looks like having eye mask on, going in with your eyes closed, A lot of times this is done indoors, some therapists work outdoors, and basically in this setting, you are going in. What does that mean? (laughs) You're going into yourself, you're closing your eyes, you're allowing the medicine to take you where it believes you need to go. And many believe that earth medicines like psilocybin have a wisdom to them and they go right to the place that you need to see the aspect of yourself, a mask that you may be wearing, something that you need to know about yourself or the way, something about your life that would benefit you to know. And so a therapist is there to guide you, to guide you into that place, to make you feel safe. This is where set and setting are so important. So when it comes to therapeutic dosage, You want to feel safe physically, emotionally, and psychologically. So you want to look for somebody who is able to make you feel all of those things. There's so many, obviously, new people in the space looking to serve medicine. My recommendation would be do not have anybody serve you medicine that hasn't used a lot of medicine themselves, that they have done psychedelic therapy themselves, they have gone into their shadow, they have served many people medicine. But still a little bit of the Wild West in the psychedelic renaissance, and a lot of people are jumping in pretty quickly. 
So get somebody who's trained, trauma trained, knows somatic therapy, has a background maybe even in internal family systems. Internal family systems and psychedelic work go hand in hand because a lot of times when you're using psilocybin mushrooms in a therapeutic approach, you're coming up against some younger parts, a child part that maybe has something to tell you about their life. And you're coming up against emotions that you may never have felt. You want to work with somebody who will tell you that everything, virtually everything is okay in their space, that all your bodily functions, all your rage, all your anger, all your deep grief, that they can hold that for you, that they've actually done it themselves. So they know what it's like to meet that shadow. You also want someone who has parameters that are around your safety. Like you want someone to ask you, do you want touch? Do you want physical hug? If I know, notice that you're struggling, I'm going to come and put my hand on your foot before I come over and touch you so you know, and that your no is no, that there is no sexual conduct in that space. So these are the things that you really want a therapist to be talking to you about before you go to them. And then have some pre-sessions so you really know that you feel comfortable and an implicit safety with that person. Also, I would say the biggest thing is get recommendations. Someone that has held space for a friend or somebody you know that has had a really safe, life-altering, beautiful experience, and that beautiful doesn't mean necessarily that it was easy, but an experience that they felt that radically changed their life in a positive way. In the therapeutic session, a lot of times you're invited to put an eye mask on so that you go in music is put on and music can be really a place that takes you into many different areas in the journey. These are just aspects of what it looks like to have a therapeutic journey with a psychedelic mushroom. Beyond that therapeutic dosage, it would be five grams. And that can also be seen in therapy. Um, dosage really does depend on the strain of the mushroom, as well as the way the individual metabolizes, as well as someone's ego. Someone who has a really strong ego construct at first may need more medicine at first to kind of allow for the medicine to have the space to move around without having the ego shut it down. Someone who has a harder time surrendering. Some people would say that this is the dose that is more cosmic and spiritual, although you can really have those spiritual experiences even in like a microdose and a low dose. But when you're hitting those higher doses, you're really going beyond ego even more so. This is a place where a lot of times really deep trauma can be reached deep memories that have been repressed can happen in the lower doses too. Everything is so individual when it comes to dosing of psilocybin mushrooms and any psychedelic. I also get asked a lot whether psilocybin mushrooms are safe for women who are nursing, breastfeeding, or pregnant. It's kind of a wild topic because we don't really study psychedelics with women who are pregnant for the obvious reasons that we wouldn't want to do harm to a child. The other reasons are we don't study women's health as much as women would like, in particular pregnant women. And one of the things that I would point you to is a blog post that I did on the Psychedelic Mom podcast, which was done by Dr. Ben Malcolm. Like it's his research, it's his studying of gathering all of the data that we have at this time about the use of psychedelics 
whilst a woman is pregnant, nursing, or the benefits during postpartum depression. What we do know is we don't know enough and uh, that no doctor would tell you that, you know, it's necessarily safe. We also know that cultures have used psychedelics and small dose for women that are nursing and breastfeeding. And we have experiential evidence. I get it all the time from mothers saying that microdosing helped with their postpartum depression. So we were really looking at the risk factor and benefits and the safety. And again, it's kind of new for the Western world in this space. I interviewed Sri Gadese, who talked about the use of ayahuasca intentionally while she was pregnant. Um, I know that they use iboga in iboga relig- in iboga ceremonies in Gabon, and they put a tiny bit on the tongue or gums of an infant. And pregnant women do take a little bit. So these are things that you really have to do your own research on. Luckily because we are amplifying more and more women's voices in this space and mother's voices in this space, and we're working to destigmatize earth and earth medicines, there's going to be a lot more data out there and a lot more research and women talking to each other about what they've done, what they're doing. There's another uh, episode that I did with um, Rebecca Crone from Plant Parenthood, and she speaks about this. Check out her integration groups. And I think she's gathering just as much data on psychedelics and motherhood and parenting as anybody out there. So check her work out. I also want to talk about psychedelic integration. So how do you, after you've experienced a wild, profound, mystical, difficult experience with psilocybin mushrooms, what next? How do you take the wisdom that you learned in the experience and bring it forth in your life. This can be a process. It really depends on the material that was shown to you. And I highly recommend not really just having an experience and letting it go. Really journal about it. Take the time to try to understand what the medicine was teaching you and work with somebody. Again, work with somebody who knows internal family systems, somatic therapy, but also someone who knows the language of these medicines so they can help you. Sometimes um, psilocybin mushrooms show up as a dream. Uh, sometimes they're indicating very clearly what you need to know. So work with somebody who knows the landscape of medicines. Speaking of that, what are some of the experiences that people have? People talk about sometimes the trickster aspect of mushrooms. What does that mean? So they can show up in many ways. You can see beautiful geometric shapes. Many people believe that these geometric shapes have some healing potential. Um, They can show up as really lighthearted and make you laugh. And some people recite poetry with them or begin to sing a song or really start to have real somatic experiences or primal screaming and yells or sobs. So really anything can happen on a earth medicine journey. So just make sure that you're safe and you're well held in that space and that you're with somebody who will allow you to be exactly as you are, that every emotion that you're having, that they welcome it kind of like a child that's been long lost, because basically that's what it is. If you experience some deep emotion, it's, it's really most likely a child or little girl part or little boy part from long ago 
that never got witnessed and is just needing you to see it and acknowledge it and integrate it back into your being. It's a really exciting time to be in this space because more and more data is coming, you know, every month, even on the use of psilocybin mushrooms and different psychedelics for Parkinson's disease, for Alzheimer's. So, so much more data will be coming. I do think also the end of the life piece and death doulas are beginning to use psilocybin mushrooms to help people not have the fear of death. There's also indications that psilocybin mushrooms and other psychedelics can help not only with the symptoms, but there are people that are reporting real profound healing effects, physical healing effects with psychedelics. If I had to put it in a nutshell, I would say that psilocybin mushrooms are here to teach us of our connectivity. They are the great decomposers on the planet and they connect all of life, the trees, the plants through their mycelium network. If you just go by the fact that that is their job on the planet, basically they're here to decompose the aspects of ourselves that no longer serve us, old emotions and grief that we carry. I was just hearing about a culture that basically invites everybody in the community not in the United States, to come and do a grief dance. And it's actually kind of looked down upon if you don't go once a month, because they believe that you, that we all carry grief, that we're experiencing grief on so many levels of human, as human beings. And that if you don't deal with these emotions, whether it's grief or shame, whatever it is, that you're basically projecting them into society. And we can certainly see in the Western society what is being projected by our politics and what's going on in our culture that has like a crisis of isolation and loneliness and disease and so many things. So ultimately, I believe that earth medicines, including magic mushrooms, are here to reconnect us to ourselves, deeply to each other, to nature, to get back in nature, to um, know that we are nature, to help us understand our deep human condition. And sometimes they show us the matrix, the systems that are failing us. They might even show us some options of how to build a more beautiful world together, how to have deeper relationships with each other. And they might even give you a roadmap for your life. So I hope this episode on psilocybin mushrooms was helpful. And there will be a follow-up episode with moms who would talk about how psilocybin mushrooms have helped them. And stay tuned to some more episodes of how psychedelics and earth medicines are changing the lives of artists, entrepreneurs, mothers, and leaders in the world. So thanks for listening to this episode on Magic Mushrooms. If you enjoyed today's show and want to help build a more beautiful, conscious, and loving world, please share this content with friends, family, and colleagues. You can follow this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use, and I'd really appreciate you taking the time to write a review so that others can find these amazing conversations. And if you'd like to see a video version of the show, you can find me on YouTube. Feel free to reach out and connect with me at thepsychedelicmom.com or message me on Instagram at thepsychedelicmom. And remember, you are the medicine.